Hello, and welcome to Humanities Matter, brought to you by Brill. I am Emily Tampkin, and this week we will be looking at key issues in the field of humanities. I'm speaking today with June Akiba. Dr. Akiba is at the Institute for Advanced Studies on Asia at the University of Tokyo, and we'll be discussing his article, Girls Are Also People of the Holy Quran, Girls' Schools and Female Teachers in Pre-Tanzimat Istanbul for the journal Hawa. Uh, Dr. Akiba, thank you so much for, for being with me today. Thank you very much, Emily. Before we get into it, some people might see this subject, you're writing on elementary education for Muslim girls in Ottoman era Istanbul, is quite specific. Why was it important to you to look at elementary girls' education in particular? It's important because we don't know much about girls' education in the Ottoman Empire before the modernizing reform in education began. Specialists on Ottoman history have been aware that traditionally Ottoman Muslim girls were not ex excluded from elementary schooling, but few studies have been done on girls' education in traditional Ottoman society due to the paucity of historical sources as well as general lack of interest in that topic. In terms of my personal research history, I must admit that my specialty field is male-focused, as I've been studying Ottoman judges since my dissertation. Specifically, I've been considering the judiciary institution and the judges' education and social origins. By definition, Ottoman judges were exclusively male. I actually started researching the education of Ottoman girls by accident. The story goes back almost 20 years. I was working at the Topukapu Palace archives for my dissertation when I came across a list of elementary schools in Istanbul during the late 18th century, which included a significant number of girls' schools directed by female teachers. First, I doubted the document was actually from the 18th century because it was undated. Mm -hmm. However, several years later, I found a similar document dating from 1811, which was published in modern Turkish and showed a higher proportion of girls' schools with female teachers compared to the prior document. At that point, I became convinced that these two lists of elementary schools were evidence of the spread of girls' education in Istanbul before the modernizing reforms. I started paying more careful attention to any reference to girls' education when searching historical documents at the archives and managed to gather several relevant sources, though it took many years before I was able to publish an article on this topic in English. Also, I did not consider non-Muslim populations, namely Christians and Jews, which comprised about a half of the population in Istanbul during the early 19th century. I ex excluded them from my analysis because their situation was different from that of Muslims. As you know, Islam has often been described as a patriarchal religion that does not allow equal rights for women. It's true that Islamic precepts include strict gender norms and that traditional Muslim societies, including the Ottoman society, have been male-dominated. Ottoman women had no place in the madrasas or the institutions of higher Islamic learning, for example. However, women's status in actual historical settings cannot be generalized, which is why historians of the Ottoman Empire and other Muslim societies have tried to uncover women's active role in various aspects of social, economic, and political life. So my study, which demonstrates the spread of girls' ed elementary education would, I hope, facilitate the reconsideration of female education in traditional Muslim society. Absolutely, and, th and th I mean, there were things, on, there were elements of, um, 
of your discussion on it in the article that surprised me. Oh. So you talk about how in the 1860s, um, co-education schools were actually more common than single sex schools. And you write that it turns out co-education is not a modern phenomenon. Were you surprised by that? Why or why not? Yes, I was surprised too, because the principle of co-education was only formally introduced in the Turkish Republic in the 1920s. Before that, during the late Ottoman period, co-educational elementary schools were only permitted by law in places where a separate girls' school did not exist, like a small neighborhood or a small village. Hmm. So at first glance, co-education seems to be a modern phenomenon and single-sex education appears to be traditional. This is especially true when we consider the famous gender separation principle of Islam. In Saudi Arabia today, today for example, single-sex education is being implemented from the elementary level. Thus, it is remarkable that co-educational schools were predominant in the survey record of 1868. Relevant sources suggest that co-educational schools were the norm during the mid-19th century. And this observation probably holds true for the period before that. No less remarkable is the fact that the schools named as girls' schools were also co-educational in the 1868 record, although girls always constitute, constituted the majority of students in these schools, and probably only younger boys attended them. Wow. So hmm. you write about both girls' education and the spread of female teachers. To what extent was the former dependent on the latter? Well, in my estimate of the number of female pupils attending elementary schools in Istanbul in 1811, really assumed that there were five or six girls per school. If my assumption is correct, there are more girls in the non-gender specific schools directed by male teachers than in the girls' schools with female teachers. But in my estimate, approximately 20% of the female pupils were attending girls' schools which suggests that female teachers certainly contributed to the spread of girls' education to a significant extent. Another important point is that I did not include girls older than 10 in my estimate of the number of female pupils, whereas these elder girls were presumably only accepted in the female teachers' schools because mingling of elder girls with elder boys was deemed undesirable. I would say that girls' schools directed by female teachers provided further opportunity for girls to continue their education and that elder female pupils were then ideal candidates for next gener generation female teachers. That is so interesting that it's, it's about the continuation of the education. That's where female yes. teachers came into play. Mm -hmm. Wow. Finally, before I let you go, you say that you wanted to look at the extent to which girls' schooling penetrated Ottoman society. Could you give our listeners a sense of the extent to which it did? Yes. The total number of schools in Greater Istanbul in, uh, in the early 19th century was around 500. At that time, the Muslim population of 180,000, which means that there was one school for every 360 people. Although it's important to keep in mind that these elementary schools were much smaller in size compared to today's schools. Mm -hmm. Among the 500 elementary schools, about 20% or around 100 were girls' schools administered by female teachers. As I said earlier, girls attended both non-gender-specific co-educational schools and girls' schools. Thus, there were quite a few educational opportunities available for young 
girls at that time. I also estimated the enrollment rate of girls aged four to nine in Istanbul in 1811 based on the number of schools recorded in the historical sources and concluded that about one-fifth of girls aged four to nine attended school and received an elementary education. Although my estimation methods might be debatable, for example, it might have been better to assume the school age as five to 10 instead of four to nine, but I believe the conclusion that about one-fifth of young girls were enrolled in school is largely feasible. That doesn't mean that only the wealthiest 20% of families send the girls to school, considering that parents of the wealthier class could employ private tutors to teach their daughters. It is likely that female pu pupils came from diverse social backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I should add that girls' education in elementary schools was basically religious, centering on the recitation of the Quran. Pupils probably also read books on re religious doctrine and on basic Arabic, Persian, Arabic and Persian vocabulary, although writing was not always taught to girls. Still, they would like have acquired some degree of literacy, enabling them to read certain types of texts. As mentioned before, there were about 100 female teachers in Greater Istanbul, which means that uh, there were as many women who were able to acquire the knowledge and the culture necessary to teach children. However, the extent to which girls' schooling penetrated Ottoman society is significant both quantitatively and qualitatively in light of our current knowledge about female education. I've been speaking today with Jun Akiba. He is at the Institute for Advanced Studies on Asia at the University of Tokyo. And we've been discussing his article, Girls are also people of the Holy Quran, Girls' Schools and Female Teachers in Pre-Tanzimat Istanbul. It's in the journal Hawa. Dr. Akiba, thank you so much for taking your time today. Thank you too, thank you very much. The article we discussed today is freely accessible for a limited time in the journal Hawa.